Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks is brought to you by two kinky poly babes on a mission to make sure you can be well-informed before diving into all things kink, dating, sex, and non-monogamy. We want to make sure this content can stay free and available for everyone who needs it. And with a little help from our listeners, we can do exactly that. Consider joining our Patreon for a monthly subscription where you can have access to our behind-the-scenes content, or you can make a small donation to our Ko-fi, where you can donate as little as $2 to make a huge difference. We greatly appreciate it. Okay, recording. Put all the burps out. <clears throat> Me, mostly. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I did it. I was like drinking water earlier and I was like so proud of myself for not having a bubbly today. Remembers that I had Coke Zero. <laughs> Which is not a bubbly. I just want to let you know. I don't know what it is about this podcast that makes me want sodas so bad. <laughs> Every day on Wednesday, I'm Every like, friend, I like, want Coke Zero. I'm like, God, I just want, I just want to put my soda. head upside down under a fountain drink. <laughs> just shoot. Coke right into my mouth. Actually, and this is a day early, so we can't even blame, like, it's Wednesday. It's, tru- it's just podcast podcast energy. <laughs> just podcast energy. Our body's like, mm. Our bodies are like, mm, bubbles. 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 Burps. Burps. Burpcast. <laughs> Burpcast. Burpcast. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Welcome back to Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks. Oh, my god <laughs> on today's episode of freaks kinks and Geeks, oh my oh shit <laughs> on today <clears throat> on today's episode of freaks kinks and geeks oh my we're gonna be talking about kink and sex after trauma thank you yeah that was a real succinct and concise way of opening up this episode if you can't tell how tired we are i know i'm trying to be fake awake <laughs> fake awake fake awake it is it's working is it yeah no okay. you look very awake. honestly i think everybody would have bought that intro since i do it all the time <laughs> i just always after we yeah not me forgetting it's what the actually wide happens eyes in the for podcast me. no one would have seen the wide <laughs> eyes if you would have given it to yourself <laughs> sorry me and my chinchilla blanket will take ourselves outside yeah you and your swag <laughs> chinchilla Snoop blanket. chinchilla blanket which for the record not chinchilla before everyone's like pita 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 yo yeah, it, it is not, it is fake 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 i ain't that bougie i would try to convince you to buy other things with that monties yeah i don't know how much a chinchilla blanket like maybe be. a little adapter that lets us plug in a <laughs> mic and a battery and a charging cable first of all rude sorry that was <clears throat> that was uncalled for I apologize. Here in my moment of weakness and need. Did you guys know, fun fact, we record this podcast with a mic that plugs into April's iPhone. Yes. And another fun fact is that I have MacGyvered slash engineered for our younger listeners <laughs> a, phone, a mic stand out of this elaborate, elegant pop socket I purchased off of Amazon Dead Came. Really, half of our listenership has no idea who MacGyver is literally why i said <laughs> engineered i know i was just like i was just reminding you so i could hurt myself well you hurt me too so <laughs> um i'm so tired Amber, could you not rub the the blanket lovingly on your own cheek just to feel how soft it is because that throws me off a little bit so tired literally feels like we're still doing i've uh, only been awake since 1 30 this morning it's fine yeah you had a mm. nighttime nap i did you were like you went to bed at 11 and you were like let's wake up at one 
I like numbers. <laughs> so we are going to talk about kink, sex, and nope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You were right. You were kink actually and right. Sex kink and trauma. sex after uh, trauma. Uh, uh, yeah. Killing it. You just got in your head a little bit right there. Ooh. So this is something that, you know, we've talked about on other podcasts that I have experienced sexual trauma recently. I think you have spoken to the fact that you have had mm. sexual trauma in the past. In the past. We're bringing new trauma energy to this room. We're bringing old trauma energy to this room. Yes. We're covering so. all bases of experience. Yes. If you so it, it's kind of the two sides. I don't know two sides of the coin, but maybe two kind of very, very recent and someone that's been in it and a little bit longer mm-hmm. on the processing. And and those people also happen to have kink and sex experience. Yeah. Nice. So let's dive on in. Let's 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 dive on in. <laughs> Not everyone at once. Let's just... <laughs> so let's. I, I think. Listen, here's why it's important because sometimes, especially if it is a sexual trauma, it can really be hard to like get back into those like you know kinks and even just getting back into sex because it's like super Traumatic. not exactly how it was before if you will yeah it's got a whole new narrative attached to it and i think we're coming from a culture that really is still very heavily victim blaming so it's hard to not think of those immediately yeah and navigating the trauma triggers after it i don't know if that's universal but it definitely has affected me at times yeah um and especially with kink i am a little bit heavier into kink Mm -hmm. so navigating sexual trauma with trauma triggers intertwined into kink has been a very interesting journey i will say the what i love about that aspect is that it is also paired with you know seeking therapy as well so you are having like coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. directly related to the new to the new trauma whereas um i think with what some people might be experiencing with some older trauma is that it kind of wrote itself into our identities unintentionally so like for a really long time i just thought that i like didn't like sex i was just like probably not for me and i just don't like my body touched Mm -hmm. um only to later find out when i did like for you know sort of lean into that discomfort of how I felt around kink and sex and then kind of was like oh I think I do like this a lot actually I just feel really guilty because if I admit that I like this and I'm somehow admitting that what happened to me was allowed or warranted or not should not be a valid trauma because the act is something I ended up enjoying later on yeah and what's interesting on my end of things is it's almost like you um are afraid of the things that you once enjoyed and that you once really identified and almost for some of us self-identified like kink I wouldn't claim as my identity fully but it definitely is a big part of me so you're a a kink educator yeah so a huge mental mindfuck of it was suddenly not knowing or trusting if that huge part of me was still safe Mm mm-hmm if that makes sense. And it, yeah. it, you know, parts of what happened to me definitely became trauma triggers for some kink aspects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, which is interesting, like kind of, you know. I mean, it's interesting to navigate also because there's, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I haven't looked at what sort of resources are out there for that kind of thing, to be honest. But I guess I, I can't think of anything that's mainstream that I would be like, oh, thank God. I can just forward you to x x yeah and i think you know speaking i think one of the biggest parts and this is something you and i have discussed is that shame and guilt piece yeah absolutely absolutely um i think it 
<clears throat> presents itself in many different ways, depending on when it happened, what therapy you've sought, who it mm -hmm. happened with. There's so many different circumstances. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know, you know, you were very kind of pivotal in helping me kind of combat some of the guilt and shame that I felt after mine. Yo, I'm really happy to hear you say that. Um, but I think especially for kids, that's not the case. Because so True. often it is unreported mm -hmm. for many years. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So that guilt and shame, I think, becomes much more ingrained is my assumption. Yeah, very true. Especially um, la lacking in that sort of guidance and support also where it's like if you're growing up in places where like, you know, sex and kink especially are kind of taboo more like in religious upbringing, it's, it's kind of like you can't even talk about it. Mm -hmm. it. It feels very like, oh, you know. And then also I will say I went to like I think I've had a total of five therapists in my life so far. And, um, I would say for the first two, I didn't even like talk about, I didn't, I didn't address it. I didn't even register it as like a I trauma think. period. And, uh, I, I remember one of those therapists being very like saying something very heartfelt and like meaningful to me that like means a lot to me now later in my life that I was really like, I remember listening to him being like, okay, thanks weirdo, but that's not what that is. It's not a trauma. It's just an event. And, um, and then, yeah later on finally it's almost like the it's the weird things that our body does to try to like protect ourselves or like our mm -hmm. minds you know i definitely couldn't have handled it at that age for sure yeah double shoulder scratch for, un double. for discomfort yeah double discomfort <laughs> scratch simultaneous shoulder scratch for discomfort um so yeah and i think it's you know it's um especially for children i remember oprah talking about how most children are abused molested sexually assaulted whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it by people they know mm -hmm. and trust is the most common form it's not typically people who they don't trust mm -hmm. so i think adding that in that shame and guilt is yeah yeah especially it's like there's no you don't want to rock the world of established characters in your life so to speak yeah especially you don't actually even think you have that type of power when you're a child and so. she always said that like the right abuser makes it feel like it's not a bad thing mm-hmm if yeah. they're doing it right, it's not scary and terrible. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, you know, I think from what I've experienced, it, I wouldn't call it scary, terrible, yes. Um, but definitely was a little different because he wasn't someone that I loved nor needed in my life. Mm -hmm. yeah. So knowing that it happened and identifying and saying it was much easier in a sense yeah yeah exactly um and so then where the shame and guilt piece comes in is just because the actions are like somewhat related like they're like a Venn. if you had a venn diagram of sex and assault it's like yes touching happens yes like one i think as an adult like i don't know if anyone else has experienced this but like the shame and guilt as an adult is like oh i should have known better and i shouldn't have let it happen it is weird how it feels like that type of action is within our control. And I yeah. will always kind of go back to coming out of a victim blaming society, you know? Like, yeah. So I think the overall theme that I want people to take away is definitely do not blame yourself. Yeah. I don't... You did not bring it on yourself. Yeah. Um, if it was someone that you loved or trusted, they're she human for doing it. Exactly. And you didn't deserve it and you didn't ask for it. Right. No matter what. So as much as you can, try to combat that shame and guilt because it definitely will, and I've seen it for myself, affect my sex life mm -hmm. when I fall into those shame spirals. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, I felt that too. Yeah. So even though like my partner has been very supportive, but still, if I get my own head on it, still spirals. It's just like, and you know, this is a little bit related, but with being like poly too, where it's like, there's just not enough support and materials for those kind of things for us to know how to navigate that after mm-hmm. like it's hard enough to just navigate the experience itself but also to sort of navigate like how to how to support a friend going through that how to support a partner going through that what should I be careful with how I'm doing like I don't think that there's like any inf- I have never seen any info on that yeah it, it's like it, it almost feels like with a lot of other um, interactions in our life we can sort of feel our way through it but like that one is like one where it's really like yeah need to like really watch what I'm doing yeah and then I, you know, um, I, I think we'll do a whole episode later. It's something that you and I have talked about on how to be supportive of someone who's been assaulted, mm-hmm. either a friend dynamic or partner or yeah. dating or whatever. Or someone with old trauma too and how yep. to, like, mm-hmm. like how I would have needed somebody to talk to me when I wasn't even addressing it as a trauma. Right. Yeah. So we'll do a whole episode on that. So we won't touch too much on that aspect of it, um, mm-hmm. but I think we'll more speak from an aspect of if you've been traumatized or had trauma Mm -hmm. some suggestions that have worked for us yeah when it comes to navigating sex and kink Mm -hmm. um and also just some things that even like i was telling siege yesterday the day before a podcast that i listened to that a lot of things rang true on the uh research that he had done Mm -hmm. with kink and trauma yeah so um you know some things do we want to jump into like suggestions or do we want to do how kink can help after trauma? I want to, I kind of want to end on how kink can help after trauma. Boom. Decided. That's okay. So we'll just kind of rattle off some things that we have experienced and we have learned from, um, you know, my, when it comes to dating and when it comes to kink and when it comes to even my partner who I've been with for almost 10 years, this happening changed a lot, changed a lot of like landscapes. So my big thing is that I am always trying to be as upfront as I can about where I am mentally at that moment. Yeah. Um, if I'm sensitive around something or if I'm worried about a trauma trigger coming up, I think as much as you can being upfront and honest with the people in your life, yeah, be it a play partner, a don, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I'm even upfront with the people that I am considering dating or going on a date with and telling them that something happened in February yeah. and that they need to be aware that there could be triggers around different things. Right. Exactly. So I always encourage people as much as you can to be open about that, especially in kink, because kink deals with some heavy hitting actions and scenes Mm -hmm. that can definitely be triggering. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's, you know, making sure you're communicating to that kink partner like, hey, this is what's happened. These might be my triggers or these are my triggers. Mm -hmm. Um, If I'm triggered, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely having those safe words in place are huge but also just having them look and be aware of um, a properly trained play partner will know what to look for mm-hmm. and will be a little bit more present uh, for those trauma triggers to pop up 
Yeah. One thing that I had always been concerned about is like uh, one of my trauma trigger responses is a freeze response, especially like in terms of like being sexual again and things like that. So like I try to make my partners aware of like, hey, if I'm not not engaging back, but I'm like not saying no, could we stop? Yeah. Because I'm not in a, I'm actually not in a position to be able to say no. I'm just right. like my body remembers fear. And so like I just am like silent mm-hmm. and agreeable. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's hard, but I mean, it's why I kind of do it not super frequently. In ter- I, I rule like why I put down dating a little bit too. It's just kind of like, hey, I'm still figuring this part out. Yeah. And I think that's fair. Like that's something that it's also just a part of it is I think to understand that you're going to have trauma triggers, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. Yeah. And kind of accepting that. Yeah. And don't hate yourself. And Yeah. And just know that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's nothing that you can really control all the yeah. time. And with the right person, if they respond any other way than supportive and understanding, run. Yeah, completely. Run away. Even if it feels like that's everybody's response, still yeah. run. Don't put yourself in that situation. So, and I will say some of the best conversations I've had around it have been with um, people who I've been considering going on dates with. I will explain that in their automatic responses, you know tell me if something comes up we will stop everything just let me know Mm -hmm. you know like that kind of response is exactly what I'm looking for because that's Mm -hmm. what I need yeah exactly so just be nice to yourself yeah shit's gonna come up yeah and and know that that niceness to yourself will kind of that that is what you need I don't Mm -hmm. know like it's hard to think about ourselves as like two different things but I do sometimes find myself thinking about myself and my inner child type thing and I want my inner child to trust me. So like my adult me, I don't, anyway, <laughs> like, so even if it feels really hard to like say no to certain things because I want what I want, it's still like, yeah, but I need, I need to at least be able to trust myself. So. Yeah. And I think it's big to recognize that what you're okay with can change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I will speak for myself on the recent side of trauma Mm -hmm. um in the beginning there were a lot of things that i was kind of ruling as off limits Mm -hmm. um especially bondage um being pinned down Mm -mm. yeah no um i'm getting more comfortable with that again Mm -hmm. um like strangely being tied up i can handle probably better than someone pinning me down Pinning me down. Tied up in a shibari sense or tied up in a bondage sense? Tied up in a bondage sense. Okay. So, like, I've gotten back to a place where I could probably do handcuffs and some rope once I know someone. Okay. Um, But being fully pinned down? No, 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 no. I didn't know that. And congrats. I think that's huge. Yeah. But that could change again. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I'm big on, like, it's okay to check in. It's okay to say what you're okay with, not okay with. And it does not have to stay the same Mm -hmm. even day to day. Or even in the scene, you could suddenly be like, nope, I don't like that no more. Right, right. No, Mm -hmm. thank you. Yeah. Admitting to liking a kink does not mean that you're forced or obligated to follow through all the way when you're in that scene. And I never thought about that way, actually. Yeah. So, no, you can. And that's why I like the red, yellow, and green light, because I will yellow light if something needs to, like, I don't Mm want to stop the scene, but I want to stop that action. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice. So that's something to consider is definitely using that red, yellow, green and discussing what that means with that partner. Um, and it's also okay if you don't get back to some kinks ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to really want to be into CNC. Probably not going to happen for a while, if ever now. 
Yeah. Um, it could happen again, but definitely not yet. Nope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That will cause a whole ass trauma meltdown. Yeah, that's really not. That's not cute. That's not cute. So, you know, be okay with that change and that flexibility and don't feel like you have to apologize or feel bad about changing that on your play partners. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The proper play partner or sexual partner will understand that. Right. Absolutely. 100%. So, and I think it's the same anyways. Like, there's some days I'm, like, all about the blowjobs. And then there are days I'm, like, meh. I mean, I'll do a little. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, and and that's a tough one. Like, if I'm ever with, like, a a partner who does know that I, like, enjoy giving blowjobs. And then they just translate that into thinking that, oh, well, then I should be giving them more blowjobs. And I'm, like, listen, friend. (laughs) Listen. (laughs) Listen, buster. (laughs) This is not a paid internship. You're about to walk your ass right into no more blowjobs ever. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to blowjobless land. <laughs> honestly, it's like the least attractive thing when someone even like chokes about it. Because I'm just like, yeah, because the, the idea is that you would like that, though. Yeah. Like, like for me, I don't know. It's hard. It's like, don't you're not joking. You're feeling it out. At least own it. Yeah. At least ask me like, hey, if you like giving blowjobs, is it, would you like to be giving me more? Are you feeling for me that I don't want more? And I would be like, very honestly, no, not at all. You know, I would love for a person who wants more blowjobs to just try it. Just take a cucumber and try that for 30 minutes. <laughs> See what happens. How you feeling? You want to keep going? You want to do it more? How's your jaw? Oh, you can't feel it? Oh, is it cramping? No, come on. You like it. So keep doing it. CJ's a little triggered. I'm mad. <laughs> I'm big mad. She's a little triggered. Because I can't even believe that I have to explain that, dude. I'm just triggered. The fists are out. The mad arms are present. No longer doing double scratch. No, now I'm doing. Okay. Next point. How would you, in your experience, um, when you are meeting a new play partner or date or sexual partner, do you tend to go into, like, I guess I'm asking, like, how, because yours is not, you've had more time to process and sit mm-hmm. with it and kind of know where you're at. True. And and uh, I guess, like, so from my perspective, it is a lot of rewriting things that I thought about myself for a really long time. So it's almost like I did have to re-perceive have a new perspective on like my own identity and things about myself like kind of accepting that I'm always going to be a fluid being that's going to find things that work better for me and find things that don't work for me and like being okay with things changing about myself um so that was kind of step one because like that kind of addressed all this like oh well if I'm not consistent then I'm lying or I'm being fake or whatever I don't know I just I was really praised for consistency growing up so I had to like unwrite that later in my life Mm. um and so it I don't I got to say I'm at a point now where I don't know if this is like I'm kind of like almost putting all the awkward hard conversations out there first. Mm-hmm. And I and I know that that probably sounds super counterintuitive to like trying to get to know someone and be nice and stuff, but it's just like at this point in my life, if you're not comfortable with these questions, I really don't have time then. Like I'm already on this really deep self-healing journey and like reorienting my whole life, you know? So like I'm I'm so over the flowery, like, bullshit. NRE bullshit. Yeah. And it's just like, if you can't have this conversation with me and you, we can't do it, okay, like, are you uncomfortable with me saying that I might not be okay doing this? Then well, we don't I really have much to talk about. Can't remember if it's Esther Pearl or I think I even sent it to you. There was a um, podcast or YouTube video where they said, like, you know, everyone starts out trying to put out the best version of themselves mm-hmm. like the sugar-coated yeah, bullshit we talked about that before yeah yeah and they've said like that's the total opposite of what you should do you should put all your bullshit out there 
And that way you can evaluate ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So I think what you're saying is smart. Put it, it will out almost there. feel like overkill, though. But I also, once again, eh. I can't. I'm just at, I'm just not at a point. I don't know. And maybe it is like a defense mechanism thing, too, because it's like I, I may even parts of me are too tender to get into that stuff again. Cause it's like then I get like caught up and then I feel like I have to catch up with all my negative stuff. Not my negative stuff, but my harder conversations yeah. where I'm like, wow, this month has been great. And we haven't even talked about my trauma, which usually happens. Date number one. Like it like I will even sometimes on these chats say like, hey, by the way, I know we've like we've had discussions on kinks or you know on hoping that we can be compatible and have sex but like I just want you to know that I personally don't decide that until I'm there with the person and based on how I feel you Mm -hmm. know so like I really want us to manage expectations here and this is basically like me being like hey please don't be a fucking rapist (laughs) hey if I'm not feeling it I'd really like to stop and I'd like to say that before I meet you just to gauge your response you know consent is key yeah pretty much so that's kind of been how I go about it like it is like once again having to kind of face myself and lean into some things that are really uncomfortable truths but you know kind of getting to know myself and what I am comfortable with more so like finally realizing that I do have a position of control in those situations I think I for a very long time didn't I I mean I think I've also talked about like the religious upbringing and thinking like oh my body is for my partner well in a Christian mindset for my husband um so it never really seemed like I could enjoy it or I could even have a say in it literally yeah so like imagining how many situations I was in where there was a lot of stuff that I really didn't like which I would consider now being like yeah I hope I would never be in that situation again yeah so yeah and then just being like i got laid you know but then being like (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't always comfortable the whole time so talking about kink how it can help after trauma how you can process kink after trauma um i know this is something that you kind of when we were talking and making notes you definitely spoke to kind of how you've processed your trauma and kind of how that's warred with maybe some identities within kink um, I think it like, especially even at a surface level, like I wasn't really interested in exploring kink period, just because of certain kinks that I knew that I was like, oh, well, if I like that, then I'm like saying okay to like my traumas, you know, or like saying that it was okay that those things had happened to me. And um, so there's definitely some things that I am very like into now that I'm like, that I was really scared to admit that I was into just because I you, you know I don't know I don't want it to be translated in my body as like yep and we would have been okay with that it's like very like understanding the power of consent and what we want the difference between being in control in that situation and being with someone who's safe than someone who's just like taking advantage of you and I will say you know um the podcast that I was listening to that I mentioned earlier and I'll try to remember to drop it in the comments or the notes section so other people can listen to it um he specifically spoke to how kink can help heal after trauma, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was pretty interesting because I've experienced some of that myself so far um, yeah. and how he outlined it. So we're going to kind of follow a little bit of that outline and speak to it, but how he outlined it was really well. So I'm just going to kind of like copy, control, paste. Nice. Is that what I'm copy, control, paste? Control C and then control Z. That, yep. <laughs> control C, control V, that thing in my boppers. Or command C and command it's fine. Yep. Mac. Oh, I don't have that. Um <laughs> copy paste. So and, and when he was laying this out, it actually makes a lot of sense to me because this is stuff that I've experienced. Um, you know, one of the big things he's brought up is that it 
kind of rewrites the trauma a little bit in your head because you are now taking what happened to you in a controlled environment Mm -hmm. where you, with the right person, Mm -hmm. have the control. Mm -hmm. You have the safe words or the bell or however you have those hand signals or whatever, tap Mm -hmm. out, whatever. You now have control and you're taking back control in that trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why I'm not totally ruling out CNC because I could see me wanting to process in that way Mm -hmm. just not yet i i mean i say this very like carefully but i I, it almost does sound like how more intensive therapies have come across to me like i I almost feel like there's this idea of like i've seen and maybe i I might just be talking about representations in movies so like please don't like go and do this but like where it's like you know they have you like do some kind of like hypnosis and go Mm -hmm. back to that time and talk about what you're feeling and stuff like that so that that's what that reminded me of and i was thinking yeah like if that is an actual like effective method of therapy i can see how in this situation as well that would also be effective and yeah And the hypnosis, I don't know that it's too far off. I mean, this is not based on any sort of, like, research or anything. This is truly just kind of off the cuff, off my gut, is, like, the hypnosis is almost a little bit like subspace, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, dropping into... Well, it makes sense because I always thought of uh, hypnosis and um, subspace. They both gave me this image of, like... um what was that movie called um get out did you ever see that one i saw parts of is that with um kevin hart uh jordan peele had directed it and um it was about um god spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie it's very good i would recommend it it's a horror movie um this uh oh guy goes to meet his girlfriend's family they're a white family he's black and then like what what they'll do is like they use a level of hypnosis to like sink you into that sunken place where you kind of like you're out of your body and you're like in this floaty space yep. and so like I had that image about hypnosis already and then mm-hmm. when I started learning about subspace I had also had that <laughs> that, that image had come back to me so mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of how I understood both of those interesting I know I'm going to look into that more um they also brought up the fact there's aftercare and healing with aftercare. So yeah. if you guys are not familiar with aftercare, that is a huge piece of kink. Yes. Um, if you are not performing aftercare or asking, you should start. So aftercare yeah, is after any kind of scene. It can be essentials. It does not have to be. I think a lot of times people think aftercare is for like heavy impact or heavy like Mm-hmm. Gir- like hitting and spikes and chain blah 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 mm-hmm. um after here literally can be for both sub and dom mm-hmm. or whatever that dynamic is um and it is after any scene it can literally even not even be like a kink scene it can just be aftercare for sex mm-hmm. um but it's where you are making that person or people feeling comforted and cared for and protected mm-hmm. um because there is kind of a drop after scenes mm-hmm. um some people yeah. experience it at varying levels mm-hmm. um some people experience it for also multiple days mm-hmm. um yeah. typically for me my drop is just usually right after i just get kind of cold and tired and just need to kind of curl up for a little bit mm-hmm. um but some people cry some people get super depressed some you know it it just kind of depends on the person so Mm -hmm. but there is a lot of healing in that aftercare where someone is after that scene that could be triggering or used to be triggering them then taking care of you Mm -hmm. and letting you know that you're cared for and loved is also very healing Mm -hmm. loved in terms of like what if it is just with a play partner 
Um, and I don't mean, so yeah, good, good clarification. Um, I don't mean necessarily even in like a romantic sense, mm-hmm. but love and like, I care for you and care for your. It's definitely a level of compassion. Yeah. Level it, of seeing. I care about what happens to you. Yeah, exactly. Does that make sense? Yes. So it doesn't and mean like. I think like, especially in the kink context. Yeah. Yeah. Especially to say so, like, no, I do care that this is some heavy stuff we're doing. Yeah. So not necessarily like a, like a love, like I'm going to propose mm-hmm. to you thing, but a love, like I care for your well-being and who you are. Yeah. I want to, I would, I would absolutely connect that, like compare that to just like a friendship love. Yeah. You know, where it's just like, yeah, I don't want you to like be hurt after this. Right. I give a know? shit. Yeah. I give it. That's it. End the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Now, I think the next one is interesting. This is not one I connected to as much, but I have a feeling that this one might be um, a lot more connected to people who have been traumatized as children. Yeah. And to be honest, like going back to what I was saying about how instead of interpreting or understanding it as trauma and instead writing it into my identity and not even addressing it till like later on in my life, it was definitely like an invisible thing about me that like I couldn't. I don't know if it was like my body or my spirit knowing that like I didn't have the proper support to really face that and get into that but yeah it was a secret for a very long time and something that I wouldn't even admit to myself so like I can definitely like there there have been times where like I have you know people have communicated to me like statements that made me feel really seen and really like you know oh okay yeah like it's not just me being crazy it's not just me like making something up you know like that has definitely been super helpful i don't i don't i don't know why i don't know if that's attached to like the shame and guilt aspect of it but like and and he was kind of speaking to that like kind of the shame and guilt but also the fact that like you have kept it a secret for so long mm-hmm. um, it's hard keeping secrets it's hard keeping secrets it's also hard not being witnessed mm-hmm. not being seen yeah um and in kink you know you can do a scene where it's just you and another play partner or you would two play whatever that looks like whatever Mm -hmm. that dynamic is but you can also do a scene in front of a lot of people Mm -hmm. in front of a crowd dungeons often the scenes are out in the open Mm -hmm. um be it a private dungeon or a public dungeon so Mm -hmm. there's also opportunity for a larger crowd if it is helpful for that person to be witness and seen in that setting does that make sense yeah um i think it just depends on the person's comfort and, true yeah you know what that looks like for them but even i think just being seen or witnessed by a play partner mm-hmm. or a dom like whatever that is for you mm-hmm. um, and doms likewise can also be seen by a sub it's not like doms don't have trauma either there right. are a number yeah. of doms that i know that have been sexually assaulted wow so i think sometimes even just being uh seen for them um is huge yeah so it really is kind of like um i as bad as this is not bad it's a little triggering for me to say this because i'm not a huge religious like church person but Mm -hmm. in the church they would always like have like these testify moments like yeah you know yeah yes yes where they're like oh i'm seeing you and i'm you know that's interesting because I do like, and I don't know if this was just like <laughs> baby empath shit, but like I would, that those were the most moving to me. Like every yeah. time there would be like a guest speaker or somebody talking about their life story, I'd be like. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's kind of, you know, I think what this can be healing. I'll be honest, just hearing you talk about it. I'm almost like, yeah, I would, I, I would feel good for a room of 12 people to all agree that my trauma was shitty. Yeah. And that's kind of what they're doing. I think it does come from, like, really not being validated a lot. Well, when you keep it a secret, you can't validate it. No. 
you know when it's no a one secret, can nobody you. can validate it for you and also validate the fact that like your kink even around that trauma is is okay and good no one's Ooh. sitting there judging you for yeah, that kink true. because of it true just me just you just me and all my internalized shame yes <laughs> and guilt oh, but yeah. um and then i think the last kind of main point he made was the safe words and safety and the trauma which kind mm-hmm. of goes back to that control piece but i wonder if it addresses the fear of it you know like sort of the fear is that it's out of my control and that could happen and it's like to be able to be in a situation where it's like actually these actions are safe because yes. they can be done right you know and i think also maybe reframing i'm i'm hoping if i ever do a cnc scene it will because it wouldn't surprise me if i safe word out of the first one mm-hmm. um but i'm almost hoping maybe that will give me a little bit more confidence in it mm-hmm. that it will stop when i want it to yeah does that make sense yes absolutely so would it help for me to bust through the window once the safe word is dropped and then attack <laughs> Yes. Okay. Just right on his back. Because we yeah, all know yeah. he's probably going to be six, go four to six, monkey eight. spider. Yeah. Spider monkey. And spider I monkey. just, yeah. Monkey spider? <laughs> Whatever. I'm both a monkey and, and a, spider. a spider. Yeah. First of all, eight legs. Spider pig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, just let me know. I'll clear out my evening. Bring a step ladder because we know he's going to be a good foot, foot and a half taller than you. <laughs> I just. Uh, and about a hundred pounds more. So it's fine. That's so true. If so you can anyway, just baby Bajoran to his I back. grab his head. <laughs> Because that is just... And then I try to start to swaddle him. I start wrapping him in a big swaddle. Also, this is the spider aspect. Back again. And oh, I'm okay, doing okay, a web okay. thing. I was yeah, like, we're already doing aftercare? Yeah. Hmm. If you, you just you just chill out and then I will... Once You'll I'm unstrap done, me later. Wrapping, yeah. Then, okay, then you. I bring your swaddle. And then I swaddle <laughs> you to me. And then I cradle you all. <laughs> I'll do that for you. And then throw punch him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I throw punch him. Actually, you swaddled. I bring you up to him and you throw punch him. <laughs> And then I'm like, that's so good. <laughs> you dope punched him, didn't you? And you're like, uh-huh. Yeah, but I'll Why did it go into age play? I don't I know. Don't know. Um, so <laughs> safe words are cool. <laughs> safe words give you control. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I think, I think kink can be very healing. I personally would recommend always kind of pairing this with a therapist. Oh, Who yes. is kink and BDSM friendly. Yes. Ours is... And yeah. she knows about my kink and BDSM. She actually encouraged us to do this podcast. She Oh, is she to blame for this? Yes. It's her fault. <laughs> um, but I think those combinations are good because as you're processing what's happening in kink and in your sex life with your partners or whoever, mm-hmm. um, it's good to be able to go back and talk to them because not everything maybe should go to your partners. And there are going to be some things that you might not even be comfortable telling your partners. Jay, my partner still doesn't know the whole story yet. And... Well, I had a very, also had a very hard time telling my ex at the time about it even because it's like, how do I tell you that all of that happened to me? And then in the same breath, you can connect that you you have done some of the things to Mm -hmm. me as well. And yeah. And then how do you, well, and how do you not rewrite our intimacy from that position? And that is something that I experienced with my partner is we just had like a big, you know, kind of breakthrough where things had changed a lot and it was because he was assuming certain things about what I would or wouldn't want because he wanted to protect me we hadn't talked about it like Mm -hmm. he saw me differently and there was a we can talk about that in the episode where we talk about kind of how to help people but yeah I mean that's you know yeah it's interesting I I feel for that because it is so truly like you know I I think like a lot of how we form relationships we almost count on it to come naturally Mm -hmm. and um, sometimes when you love someone really deeply you hope that the 
their best interest will come naturally to you. Yeah. And it sucks to kind of be wrong on that. Yeah. Or not know that everyone's equipped to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, trying to think if there's anything else we haven't touched on. I want to touch on one last thing. And I want to say that I, I almost wonder if our difficulty getting into this episode is because you and I are kind of both still existing in this after trauma part. Like, I don't know if it's definitely not finished for me. And I'm used to kind of talking about things that are a little more finished. Yeah. Like, I feel like an established nominogger, you know? Like, if someone was like, would you coach me in nominogamy? I'd be like, yes, I have a podcast. Done. I could do this. Easy. I know all the pitfalls because I've done 98% of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but so anyway, I, I thought that was really cool that we kind of were able to talk about it and get into the flow and then, like, have some really cool points here. So thank you. Thank you for doing this episode with me. And I think that's just really real. I think most people are always going to be processing their trauma on some level. Yeah. So y'all get to see kind of the real side of what that looks like. Yeah. And the unknowns and the like kind of still working through it shit. Yeah, exactly. It ain't pretty or glorious, but it is what it is. Nope. And it's not very easily measurable too. You yeah. know, it's not like I could be like, oh, don't worry, I'm at level four of post-trauma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are you, level one? Okay. You know, level up. You'll get here soon. <laughs> it's like, no. Because there is a lot of like, you know, what's it called? Lapse. You mm-hmm. know, you kind of like sometimes feel like you're whatever. Fresh again. Yeah. Well, and even like, even as a newbie to it, when she told me it would take a year to get back to like my normal, which I now understand I'll never go back to that. But mm-hmm. I understand what she was trying to say. Right. But even yeah. as a newbie hearing that, you're like, oh my God, a year. God. The oh. fuck. Yeah. Do you have an express pass? <laughs> Where's the shorter waiting line? Okay, but can I get a wheelchair? Yeah. What are the what are the power ups? Rain. Can I go can a little I, faster? Can I just hit my head on like a brick yeah. and get is, a mushroom? Is there a button then... at this control panel? That's the nitrous. And then I. Where's that? Yeah. Fast and furious. This shit go out. So it's you know, um, it's interesting, and this is kind of the truth of it. This yeah. is the unsugarcoated, down and dirty truth. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad to be in a position to share those things too so that people can maybe even hear their own experiences being told from our experiences so i would say if we're summing this episode up one try not to let the guilt shame monster overtake you yes it is not your fault yes no matter what you did absolutely i don't care if you walk down fucking main street naked as the day you were born i will say this i don't care if you were walking down the street naked as the day you were born with the right right having written on your chest come rape and kill me yeah i think that still doesn't absolve somebody from doing that no yeah doesn't matter if you want to date with them doesn't matter if it was someone you trusted if it was a person in authority it does not matter you did not deserve it so try to fight that guilt and shame monster yeah um make sure you're communicating with your play partners your kink partners your dates yeah people you love people you care about anyone that's going to be acting interacting with you sexually check in toss be honest yes let them know as much as you can but you don't have to go into explicit detail right you don't owe anybody your story you tell your story if you're comfortable telling it and if you feel it helps in a moment yep or if that's what you want to share also be connected to a therapist i know we say that a lot but that's because it's super important do it having somebody who's not like super closely connected to it you know safer who can still yeah has your best interest in mind and is in dedicated to your recovery mm, coping learning coping. growing recovery yeah. yeah recovery is kind of a good word at times yeah um and then just understand that kink can actually be healing 
Yeah, it give can it help. give it a chance to heal you. Yeah, with some safe partners. It's mm-hmm. not the only tool. Correct. It's not the whole toolbox. Yeah, let's not like be jumping into scary kink situations with people we don't really know that well. Yeah, and it won't an fix you completely just with kink. Yes, you do need other tools, but kink can be a very good tool to help heal trauma. Yes, so and give you your power back. Yes, I think that we good. I think we covered it. Uh, last thing I want to mention is not related to the topic at all. Pick up the energy a little bit. We would love it if you guys would leave us a five-star review on Apple Reviews or yes. Apple iTunes, whatever's, whatever's. So get us out there, you know, get this content to people who need it as well. Yes, and that way I can buy more fake chinchilla blankets. And I will be throwing red paint on all of them, guys. I got you. That's aggressive. They're so, so soft. You started this. What's working against you is I saw a really cute chinchilla TikTok recently. So now I'm just like, if you would have kept him alive, he could have been doing that video in the tiny dollhouse tub full of sand. And he's all like, it's fake. It's fake. Fake chinchilla. Fake chinchilla. Looks real to me. Okay. But give give CJ a five-star review. Now she's sad. Because I'm so sad. (laughs) Could you guys please give me... (laughs) Could you please give us a five-star review? It's the age play for me. I think adults say please. Yes. <laughs> Checkies. We'll, we'll drop a link as well for that. So you can do that too on I Apple. Um, but yeah, other than that. Yeah. Come find us on Facebook. See you later. Bye. Bye. Yes, yeah, CJ on the mic. <laughs> Are you still recording? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>